The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Welcome to the Saints Happy Hour Podcast with host Ralph Malbro and featuring bloggers Andrew Juge of SaintsNation.com, Kevin Held of The Team Drops the Ball, and Dave Cariello of Canal Street Chronicles. This podcast is nothing but serious football talk and hardcore analysis. Which four of you would survive the longest in the zombie apocalypse, and in which order would you die? Well, Ralph, no offense, you're going first. No, definitely. <laughs> no, no, no. The zombies would smell Dave's sugar blood and target him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even have a joke, Dave. Dave, Dave smells like nougat. Now here's your host, Ralph Malbrose. All right, welcome to Saints Happy Hour Podcast. As always, we are sponsored by the Pelican House, 2572 City Place Court, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Uh, they are awesome. They have 136 draft beers. They have a 50-foot TV. You can go there. You can watch LSU, the regional. Yeah, it got deluged with rain, but LSU, we know they're making the Super Regional next year. Next week, go there. Watch all LSU baseball. Uh, football is going to be starting soon. You can watch the NBA Finals. The Pelican House, 2572 City Place Court, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. You should support them because they support us. All right. Uh, we have a great special guest that Andrew has lined up. Jonathan Goodwin, former Super Bowl champion, two-time Super Bowl participant, former New Orleans Saints Center, is kind enough to join us even after our audio disaster last week. Uh, Jonathan, thanks for joining us. <laughs> Uh, thank you guys for having me. Uh, glad to be a part of the, <laughs> the podcast. Thank you. Uh, I guess my first question is, Jonathan, with the with the Saints influx of, you know, they're going to be reshuffling the offensive line. They, Pete might play guard. He might play tackle. They might have two new guards. They might have all that. As an offensive lineman, mm-hmm. how difficult is it? when you say you have two new starters or three new starters to hit the ground running and be good uh-huh. when you start in the games that count in September? Uh, it's, it's, it's a challenge, but, you know, that's what the uh, OTAs are for and uh, training camp and, you know, the preseason games. So I think it's about, you know, finding the right guys that can come in and get the job done and then find, finding that, that group as quick as possible and then letting them play together and, you know, you know, get to know each other and, uh, you know, get used to each other. So that, that'll be the key. You know, hopefully, uh, you know, some of those guys that are competing for a position will go ahead and stand out early in the off season. You know, coaches can kind of go ahead and narrow down who they want to be in the starting lineup. Well, Goody, um, and thanks again for doing this, man. I know uh, it's, it's been a long time coming, so it's great to finally have you on. Um, but it's interesting early in your career, um, with the saints, you were kind of in a similar situation where you joined the team and where you were a backup for a while behind uh-huh. the paint and then, and then you come in and you're the starter and you're the team was seven and nine for a couple of years, kind of similar to mm-hmm. what they're going through now Two two bad stretches. And then out of nowhere, boom, 2009 comes and not only do you make the playoffs, but you know, you go on and win the super bowl. And so mm-hmm. I guess, it, fans obviously are looking for silver lining here. There were obviously the turnovers on defense. That was the big thing that they were able to create turnovers. But besides that, can you maybe tell us what this team needs right now? What what was it? What was it that you guys were able to do to flip the script from two seven and nine seasons to becoming a, a fourteen and two type team? Uh, I think the excuse me, like you said, the uh, the defense provided a lot of turnovers that year and. Uh, you know, they, you know, at times would give up some uh, yardage, but they may give up some yardage and then they would make a play and uh, create a turnover. Offensively, I think the key that year is, you know, a lot of games we did have leads and we were able to get up on people. But I think the key that year was we had a balanced run game. So, you know, people had to respect the run. And then when we did get leads, we were able to finish the games off by running the ball. That took pressure off of uh, Drew and, uh, you know, that – when when able when excuse me when you when 
when you're able to run the ball when you want to, that opens up a lot on the offensive side of the ball. And I think that was a uh, key for us that year. Jonathan, it felt like in 2000. So how close? How close do you think the guys are? How do you? How close do you think these guys are to duplicating the, the running attack that you have? Uh, you know, I, I think they they have some uh, talented guys. You know, you, Teron is a great left tackle, and you know the two guard spots are kind of up in the air. Max is a great center, and then you know Zach's a, a proven right tackle. So, you know, I I, I think they you know. The, the the talents there is just about putting putting the guys in the right situations and putting them in uh, you know adjusting techniques here and there and you know I, I I look forward to seeing what they do this year because I think they can do great things. Jonathan, you know, in 2009, you guys sort of I, – I, I feel like you guys sort of flipped the script. As most teams say, you know, we're going to run to get ahead and then we're going to throw to close, close out the game. It seemed in 2009 you all sort of did the opposite in that you kind of would, would throw a bunch to get the big lead. And then especially in the first half of the year, it was, okay, the Saints were up by 10, 14 points. Now it's Mike Bell time in the third and fourth quarter. To sort, of, mm-hmm. to sort of close it out. Is that sort of is that sort of the Sean Payton philosophy on offense? Is sort of the the run is sort of the hammer <clears throat> to sort of close out teams. Well, well, I think you you know that should, you always if if you're closing games out with the run, I mean you have you you had a lead, and uh, you know if you if you got a lead, you don't want to be putting the ball in the air because you don't want to take a chance at incomplete passes and clock stoppages. Uh, you know, that year in particular, like you said, you know, we, when you got a quarterback like Drew Brees and you got a great offensive mind like Coach Payton, you know, you, you can do some damage in the passing game. And then and that year, you know, was special. Like you said, we got up on a lot of teams. And then when, you know, when it came time to it, we had the line and we had the uh, running backs that we could close the games out. And, uh, you know, that's uh, when, when you can do that, that, that takes a special group to do that. And uh, it, it takes a lot of work. It takes a a lot of practice, but I think they have the guys there that are capable of duplicating that success. Well, Goody, you had a long career in the NFL, and I don't know how many people know this that are listening, but you played in college with Tom Brady um, uh, at Michigan, and then now, obviously, in the pros, you play with Drew Brees, and you've been around other talented quarterbacks, too. I mean, you played with the Jets, and then, of course, Kaepernick and, and in San Francisco, who had a tremendous amount of success when you were there. I'm curious, you know, there's a lot, a lot of quarterbacks, Flacco, um, Stafford, Jay Cutler, uh, Kaepernick, who you played with, guys that have had success that some weeks really show the potential that they can be special, um, but they, they're not consistent week in, week out. And then you see guys that you've played with, like Drew, like Tom Brady, where they, they're just doing it every single week. It seems like it's a small difference, um, but it, it makes all the difference. So I'm, I'm just curious if you can, as best you can, maybe explain to us what is it about. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for. Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. Those guys in particular, and what is it about elite quarterbacks that allows them to separate from the pack of these guys that perform well on occasion but can't do it every time? 
Well, I, I think when I when I think about a guy like Drew and I think about a guy like Tom Brady, the the number one thing that stands out to me is, uh, you know, they're 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 really smart guys. You know, you you, you can't fool them. They 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 prepare pre- prepare well, and you know, think of the Drew Drew Drew. A lot of people, I don't know, people realize how great of a work ethic he has. He is uh, he treats every day. He he wants to get better every day, whether it's a practice, a walkthrough, or whatever. He's in the weight room and he he he's unbelievable. And uh, you know that with the fact that he's one of the smartest guys you know on the field in the NFL, and he's also you know he he has a you know he doesn't have the strongest arm in the world, but he has probably the best touch in the NFL. He's probably the most accurate quarterback in the NFL, and. You know, Tom in a lot of ways is uh, similar to Drew when it comes to work ethic and just, uh, you know, going out there and knowing what to do with the ball and when and where to go with the ball. Jonathan, not that the quarterback... So it sounds ha- like you're saying it's a, it's a big commitment and focus more than anything else. <laughs> yeah, because with, with all the things you see in the NFL now, all the uh, different looks, the blitz, blitzes and the coverages, if, if you don't prepare and you... It takes a lot of time. It, it it really does. Uh, you know, Drew would be at the facility just as much as the coaches sometimes, <laughs> it seems like. And, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot on his plate as a quarterback. And if you don't put that time in to to to, the, to have an idea of what's coming and just uh, study as much film as possible, at that position you're in trouble. Jonathan, it sounds to me almost like you're saying the quarterback, they don't necessarily have to be the best player on the team, although that's what you would maybe want, but they definitely have to be sort of – the guy that's the hardest worker, and maybe that's that's unfair to to say that the quarterback has to be that. But it, it seems to me, in all your experiences uh-huh. with, with Brady and Drew Brees, that that's kind of like mm-hmm. what it's what it's got to be. The quarterback's got to be the first one in and the last one to leave, and that's just part of being a quarterback. Yes, they they, they definitely have to have to have that type of mentality, and uh, you know, just it may not be fair, but guess what? The quarterback gets <laughs> all the uh, he get, when things go great, he gets all the limelight. So uh, it's it, it's deserved uh, for for a guy like Drew, for a guy like Tom Brady, those uh, a guy like Aaron Rodgers, those elite quarterbacks. They uh, they 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 deserve what the limelight because they get it. They have to put in that the time and the work to be to be successful. So you know, not to mention Drew's a great guy. So <laughs> I'm a big Breeze fan. So I don't know. I don't know if I'm partial, but. You know, he is uh, definitely uh, great in all ways. Well, Goody, so real quick about this guard situation. there's We're kind of in this limbo status where we don't know who the starting guards are going to be. And you've played with Senor Calamete uh-huh. and you've played with Tim Lolito. And those guys are kind of penciled in as the starters. And then you got this first-round pick, Andres Pete, who – you know, is obviously the future, and there's a lot of talk about him moving the guard. I'm curious, how realistic is it for a guy like Andres who, by all accounts, is a tackle? How yeah. realistic is it for a guy like that to move to guard? Can he be successful? And how how do you see that whole thing shaking out? Well, it's uh, like you said, it's not an easy transition, and. Uh... You know, but the guy, you know, he was a first-round pick, so we, you know, he's he's got some talent. You know, it's just about whether he's going to go in and put in the work and uh, apply himself to to make the adjustment. You know, when you're at guard, you know, guys are guys get on you quicker than they do at tackle, so that's one 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 thing he has to adjust adjust for. But you know, being that he was a first-round tackle, I know he has great feet, so it's just about going in and learning the little nuances to the position and uh putting in the putting in the work to become a, a great guard goody as a casual fan and not like a a hardcore film watcher like andrew is what's something that that sort of like the the casual nfl fan that that watches games every sunday what's something that we can look for on offensive line play where you can look at it and say oh hmm. oh that guy that guy's struggling or ooh, that you know that guy, that that's not so good. That's that that could be a problem. Uh, that's a great question. You know, it's it's uh to me the offensive line position is 
in some ways tough to judge <laughs> without knowing what a player's responsibility was. I mean, now don't get me wrong. Sometimes you see a guy getting ran over, and you, you know, you know, he messed up. He, he got he got whipped on the play. But uh, you know, there's a, there's a there's a lot of things that go into it from the footwork on a, a on on a double team. You know, that could determine whether the double team is successful or not. It's just it's a lot of a lot of tricky things to see uh, from a, a TV copy. You know, the best to me, the best film to watch uh, offensive line players, the uh, end zone copy on the coach's film. Jonathan, fun question for you. When, and I know maybe a team success is, hey, we won the Super Bowl. That's sort of the pinnacle of my career. But it, was there a moment in your career where you, you played just fantastic per- personally, individually, and you said, you know what? That was when I was at my freaking best I ever was as an athlete in the NFL, and I just destroyed people that day. Do you, do you have a memory like that? Uh, well, I, I would say, you know, my one a game that stands out to me is, the, you know, the Super Bowl when we beat the Colts. Yes. Uh, you know, I felt, I felt like I had a pretty good game, and the uh, – you know, I'm I'm a guy on the field that really doesn't do a lot of talking, doesn't, don't do a lot of t- trash talking, and the two defensive tackles for the Colts that they got to talking, and me and oh. Carl and Ja got to talking, and you know we all had a great game. As you can see, I think Drew only had four incomplete passes, but, yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, that's a game that stands out to me. It's uh, you know maybe a couple games in Frisco, but you know we're not gonna bring those up. <laughs> No, no, no. That, that never happened. You never left. <laughs> okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> well, uh, Giddy, one thing I want to say uh, real quick, um, you know, and obviously another big moment for you I know was, was making the Pro Bowl. Um, you know, just getting that validation from around the league, from the coaches, from the other players that, you know, they kind of viewed you as one of the best players at your position. Um, so a big moment for you, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, is there, is there anything, I mean, obviously you, you kind of did it all. I mean, you had a lot of success at Michigan. Um, you know, those teams won a lot of games. Uh, you won the Super Bowl. Uh, you, you, you made the pro bowl. You, you went, you went in, in a period in your career where you went, I think six, seven or eight seasons, uh, where you played 16 games and didn't miss a single start. I mean, yeah. is that. I, I mean, could you have written it any better? I mean, are there any regrets whatsoever from your pro no, career? N- no, definitely no regrets. You know, I, uh, you know, definitely had to earn uh, every year and uh, every every into my NFL career. But uh, you know, I definitely have no regrets. Uh, you know, when when and when it was during my last year, I knew that it was time to let it go and. You know, fortunately, to this point, I haven't missed it. I know I made the right decision, and you know, it's uh, it was a fun ride. I'm blessed to have had the opportunity, and you know, I'll be sitting back saying who that every week. (laughs) What what's your what's your gut? Before we let you go, what's your what's your gut say? The Saints are going to be this year. Not like not not necessarily. You don't have to give me a record, but do you feel like they're going to? move out of that seven and nine sort of purgatory that they've been in the last couple of years? I, I think so. You know, even throughout those years, the offense has still been successful. You know, they've had the games here and there where, of course, you know, they hadn't really had a great game. But, you know, that's that's the one thing they've, they've been able to move the ball even throughout these past two years at seven and nine. And, uh, I, I think there we would definitely see some improvement on defense, and I think that's that's the key to breaking out of that uh, seven and nine middle you know middle of the pack type record. Yeah, I guess one one last question I have for you, Goody, is you look at the, how, I mean you've been on the other side of this ball um, where. How frustrating, and I know you, I'm not going to ask you to throw anyone under the bus or, or throw your old teammates under the bus or anything like that, but how no frustrating bus does it get? I, you know, where, where you've got the 32nd ranked defense and you've got the number one offense, 
or, or a top five offense. And you're putting up points, you're putting up yards, and you know, you're a team collectively. But yeah. how hard is it to not point the finger or mentally you know, fall into that trap of starting to blame someone when you're doing your job and, and you feel like the Saints, these Saints teams have just been so weighted towards offense and so bad <laughs> well well for me you know with my personality you know I'm, I'm i'm i was never really a point the finger guy and uh you know i would always think about what i was doing wrong so that's i guess that's how i kind of balance it out but uh mm-hmm. you know because you know it's if i'm not perfect you know i can't point a finger and uh one thing you one thing about the uh world of football you know, everybody's always searching to play that perfect game, but you never do. And uh, it's about just minimizing the mistakes you do make. But, uh, you know, it, it'll it be interesting to see what, what type of improvement they have on defense because, you know, anytime you got a quarterback like Drew Brees, if you, if you can get, it, get, get him some type of help on that side of the ball, he's going to win you a lot of games. Well, Jonathan, I don't want to share more than you're comfortable with me sharing, but I know you had you had some coaching opportunities this off season. Most people don't know this, or I, I don't know how many Saints fans know this, but your brother, very successful with the Arizona Cardinals as their offensive coordinator, uh, they they've been doing tremendously well with him at the helm. Um, any interest in getting back in the league, or or maybe at the lower level, college, high school, and coaching? I've had some uh, thoughts here and there, and uh, I actually uh, explored the opportunity to coach at uh, my high school, alma mater, and uh, I ended up uh, deciding not to. So right now, I've been enjoying being able to to go to my my kids' uh, games and coaching's like a lot that. of work, so, right? Coaching's a lot of work. That, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a lot of work. But you put in a lot more hours, and you know I, I already feel like I've missed a lot of time with them because of my playing. So I didn't want to, you know, retire and then increase my hours. So I, uh, for now, you know, I'm a, a stay away from it. But who knows down the road? Maybe I'll explore it a little bit more. All right. Well, Jonathan Goodwin, uh, Super Bowl champion with the Saints. Thanks for giving us time. We really appreciate it. Uh, no problem. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, Goody. All right, now we're joined by everyone is here this weekend, this this Monday, and we're <laughs> and hopefully it'll record. But me and Andrew, we guarantee you that you will hear Jonathan Goodwin. Isn't that right, Andrew? It's it's hundred percent. I clear. mean, I hope I it's hope crystal, so. It's crystal clear. They heard it just before he was he was on the podcast just before, so it's perfect. Um, and of we course, de- we delivered, man. We delivered. It only took it only took a backup to the backup to the backup. But by God. We, we got audio. Um, so we're joined by Kevin you and Dave. Act, you actually listened to it. Yeah, you actually I, played it back and listened I, to it. I played it back and listened to it. It's crystal clear, okay. Dave. And it doesn't have – even when, when Goodwin made good points, he didn't pull a Dave and, like, drop out in the middle. I, I asked uh, <laughs> Ralph before the podcast started, I said, what's your level of confidence in the audio? Is it like Morton Anderson in his prime kicking a 32-yarder? <laughs> or is it Orlando, Orlando Mare <laughs> during his – Stint with the Saints. And what did I text uh, you? Kicking a 48 and what, did I te- what did I text you back, Andrew? <laughs> you told me that's an insult to Orlando Mar. <laughs> it, it was. So um, the Saints kind of sort of had actual news today where they might be fishing for uh, trying to trade for George. Jo- I think, what is it, George O'Leary? He's the Notre Dame coach. Isn't it? Well, Leary? he was never it's not the Notre Dame coach. Who, who's who? I gotta. His I'm last gonna, name is Leary. I'm gonna call him George. Not O'Leary. Like, why are you trying to make him Irish? I don't know. Oh. <laughs> it's Ronald Leary. Ronald Leary. The Saints are thinking of trading. For... Lonel. Lonel Leary. <laughs> Ronald. Oh, like Ronald. Like Ronald McDonald. In the Saints. <laughs> and I called him George. And I made him George and. And dropped an O. You made him George O'Leary, then George Leary, then Ron O'Leary, then Lon O'Leary. <laughs> Kevin, the audio qu- the audio quality of this show may go up and it may go down and it may hit rock bottom. But me mispronouncing names, that's the one consistent it's thing. It's here to stay. It's here yep. to the stay. Everla- that's the everlasting trend. Yeah. Um, people were getting on me 
uh, over the weekend about guard because I was talking to I was talking on Twitter about guard for like the nine hundredth time. But but I, but I like to talk Saints. But here's the thing, like, and people today were like, well, if they trade for guard, then isn't your whole hysterics about the draft and them dra- not drafting a guard? They were like, don't you look really stupid? And I was like, no. I wanted them to get a guard. I said they needed a guard and that they got one in the summer if they if they trade with Dallas. It doesn't make my rantings uh not correct. Like they they still need a guard, Andrew. Well, I think if they pick up Leary, it's clear that the Saints agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Who's the, uh, if they pick up Leary, who's the who would be the odd man out not starting, do you think? Uh, I mean, I think it would probably be Lolito. I, I still believe, and I could be wrong about this. I mean, we have to see how it plays out. That's the thing. We don't know what's going to happen with Streif. We don't know if he's going to get injured. We don't know if... I, I, I think right now, penciled in as a starter, as a tackle, are Armstead and Streif. And unless Streif falls off a cliff a la Stinchcomb, or you know, Armstead gets injured or, or has trouble recovering from his knee thing... I really think those guys are the starters, and the tentative plan is Pete starting at guard. Now, I think Pete is also the primary backup tackle. So I think what happens is he doesn't stay at guard if one of those guys gets injured. I think he slides over. Um, But for now, I think all three of them are starting on the offensive line with Pete at guard. I think that's the tentative plan. So I feel like Lolito, Landon Turner, Senio Calamete, they're all battling for that other guard spot. And if Leary comes in, he probably wins that battle. Kevin, I feel like the Saints are going to make a trade for Leary, and they're going to give up a draft pick. And me and you have been screaming that the Saints need to stop giving up future draft picks. But today, I just, on Twitter, I just said this. I just said, I've accepted that Loomis is going to Loomis, and they're going to give up. They're going to give up picks, and you just have to hope that it works out. But what would be a draft pick that, you're not. I'm, you shouldn't be okay with it if it's whatever it is, because you don't want to give up future picks. But what would be a draft pick that would be absolutely so high that you would lose your mind even more than you're gonna lose your mind? If that question makes any sense. I I personally think anything above a fourth. But a fourth, you you wouldn't lose your mind, or you would. No, I would. Anything above a fourth. I mean, I'm. I don't get me wrong. I won't be happy regardless of what the pick is. Me and I'm, Kevin I'm, are just and, gonna. Me and Kevin are just gonna groan. We're just gonna be it, like, ugh. But like, if they yeah, give up a second, yeah, and, if they give up a second, we're gonna be like groaning and then drinking. Right. Right. You're gonna hear. You're gonna hear me gargling because it'll be the whiskey. <laughs> Dave, what? What's you? What? What do you? Do you think they're gonna add a guard? We talked about it. We speculated, but what, but what is your what is your your, your Dave gut say? Yeah, about I wrote a post like a week and a half ago titled "Should the Saints Trade for Ronald Leary?" Uh, I it was I, I you like you like him on. better than George O'Leary, huh? Yeah, George yeah. O'Leary had a great um, resume, though a fantastic resume. You know, Leary pretty much got Wally tipped by um, Lyle Collins after he got injured last season. Um, I mean, basically what that means, if you're not a baseball fan or you're not familiar with that term, basically Leary got injured, Lyle Collins came in in his place, and he won the the starting spot. And so now Leary is the odd man out on the Cowboys, and he wants to be traded. Um, So uh, the Saints have traded with the Cowboys before. I think there's a good relationship between the two teams. And I think Leary is uh, would instantly be a starter on the Saints. if they got him. So it's just a question of what they'd be willing to give up. Um, I'm assuming it would be draft picks. I'm assuming they, it wouldn't they, be Dallas a used a second to pick him, right? So. Uh, yeah, he was like a high draft pick. And he, like, was, he, he was a good starter. I mean, the Cowboys have always had a good had a good offensive line for a little while now. And he, he was a starter. I mean, and he would have remained a starter if he hadn't gotten injured. I think it's. I mean, Andrew, fourth, fourth or fifth has got to be the minimum, right? I would think. I mean, there's no way they're taking a sixth for a guy that's been a starter. But I don't know. I mean, remember uh, the Saints got Paris Harrelson for a seventh round pick, and he was a starting linebacker, a veteran guy. 
Um, you know, Leary is he he only started a handful of games last year, and, and Collins bumped him from the starting lineup. So, you know, it's like a fringe starter backup guard. You know, I, I, I mean, it's certainly worth no more than a fourth-round pick, in my opinion. I, I think fourth would be pretty steep. Fifth feels about right. Um, well, they don't have I think a fourth, you could, right? It, they gave. They don't have a fourth for next year. That's right. Year. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I think yeah. a fifth, oh. fifth, oh. fifth makes sense. <laughs> I mean, a six. I mean, a sixth or a seventh. I would pull the trigger right away. They, I mean, they've gave. They gave up a seventh for Barrett Rude, for Christ's sake. I mean, come on. Let's yeah. not. Let's not fool ourselves at the same time. I mean, um, I, I, Kevin, should we should. I guess people got on me on Twitter, and, and and I did take them, the people that I didn't block. I did accept it a little. Is it time to just accept that Loomis just treats draft picks like I treat bourbon, and that is you drink it right now, you don't save it for a special occasion? Um, if If I ever found out Loomis drank the kind of bourbon you drank, I would probably lose all faith in him. Period. <laughs> I drink. I drink. I drink Jack Daniels. I drink. Uh, you drink flavored bourbon sometimes. Yeah, but he some- drinks the honey. He drinks the honey kind. Sometimes, but sometimes no, I drink the honey pie. kind's better than the freaking apple stuff. No, drinks. the apple stuff's there. But I drink. I drink Pappy Van Winkle. I drink some hipster regular old bourbon too. I mean, it's not just flavored. I mix it up a little bit. But continue. Uh, yeah, I am. Listen, you, you and and whoever else on Twitter, y'all can go on ahead and accept that that uh, that Loomis is is certifiably insane. I will gladly, you know, be. I will be the the the, the last man standing on on that uh, on this uh, on this hill, <laughs> screaming about how they need to stockpile draft picks. And you can you can put my ass in the ground, uh, and 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 put on my freaking tombstone. He always said they needed to stockpile more picks. <laughs> oh, um, Andrew, is there, is there any is there anything else that is? I mean, the Saints. We talk about guard, 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 but defensive end kind of sucks too. Is there any? <laughs> I mean, is there um, is there anything out there at defensive end that's kind of like, yeah, that's kind of maybe sort of a interesting option? No, no, <laughs> no. Not, I mean, not not unless you want to go like John Abraham, unless you want to go like old. Um, what about but, Freeny? Is he still? All right, that's what I meant. I'm sorry, I meant Freeny. I meant Freeny. Um, to be like, is John Abraham still playing? Is he still alive? <laughs> uh, I think I think Abraham is playing for the Cardinals, right? Isn't he? Is he Jesus. still playing? No, he tried to play a couple of years ago. They retired. Yeah. Okay. Um, no, I meant Freeney. Um, but okay. yeah, I, I think uh, defensive end I am worried about. I, I think it's one of those things where they have like some situational pass rush guys, Kikaha, Adabali, Guachim. Like, uh, it's not that I think those guys are good necessarily. I mean, I, I still have hope for Kikaha, but I, I think those guys are at least serviceable. I, I'm more concerned about running downs. And so unless, like, Bobby Richardson or, like, this guy Onyemata who they drafted, I mean, unless those guys kind of work out on first and ten, second and six, and can kind of hold their blocks on running plays, that's where I get worried because, I mean, you got to remember these last few years, the Saints have been giving up 4.8, 5.2 yards per carry. I mean, the run defense has been miserable, and I think a lot of it is just not setting the edge. My, and that was one of the things, the underrated things about 2013, Andrew, when we did that chart all year. They were slightly above average on first down against the run. Like, they gave up less than four yards of carry. And it kind of set them up for success because teams didn't have second and six, second and five, you know? Um, that was one of the underrated things about 20, I, th- I think, about 2013. Yeah. All right. Yeah, no, I mean, it, you, you, I mean, the difference is in, in the other years is they would get six, seven <laughs> yards on first down, and then it just opens up the playbook. I mean, just like Goody was talking about just now, when you've got second and three, you know, second and second two, you know, you, you've just got so many more options in the playbook, and it makes you so much less predictable as an offense. It's kind of wide open, and you can do whatever you want, and it's probably going to work. All right, before we get to the uh, Sean Payton draft pick 
uh, worst draft pick bracket and a bunch of Twitter questions that we have. Uh, Kevin, I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna throw out a theory that I made yesterday, and it's crazy, but I think it's accurate. The Saints have fifty million dollars of cap room next year, and I think Mickey Loomis has done all of his moves and locked up Armstead and done everything because he is not giving in to Drew Brees, and he's going to tag Drew Brees. If it comes to that, he's going to tag Drew Brees and pay him $44 million next year and not do anything in free agency and let Max Unger walk, and Drew Brees is going to play on a one-year $44 million deal. That's my theory. Am I, am Without I, Max Unger. <clears throat> what's that? Without Max Unger. Yes. Is my theory insane? <sighs> It's insane, but it's brilliant. <laughs> because it's like, listen, if 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 Drew's going into the seat, if he's he's going into the season not wanting to negotiate, okay, and then like I'm sure Drew Drew will have another good year, and they'll go to the negotiating table, and yeah, I mean, I could just I could just see Loomis saying, "Screw it, franchise," and then all of a sudden, like some guys. Or transition, or whatever. Or transition him for thirty. I don't. I don't think it's a guarantee that Breeze has another good year. I mean, you never know what's going to happen. He could get beat up out there, take some hits. He, last year, he's shown that he was um, not necessarily totally durable. I think what Mickey's doing is, I think he's he's just waiting to see what kind of season Drew has, and if Drew has a good season, then maybe they'll give contract extension and add a couple of years. I don't think they necessarily. Would have to t- would, would want to tag him. I mean, forty four million for one year. I mean, that's that's absurd. Well, I mean, but but I mean, isn't Andrew? Isn't that sort of maybe the hammer that Mickey Loomis is having at the the table, saying, "Look, we have the cap room. We can tag you next year. You might want to take this deal that we're offering you now, where you get fifty million guaranteed. Because if you that's get like, what, it's like one third. That would be like one quarter of their entire salary cap." I didn't say I my th- I didn't say my theory was reasonable, Dave. I, I don't I don't think that's that's on the table. I mean, you for can't, the you're, you're, at, at that point, you'd have Drew Brees, and then you would have fucking absolutely nothing left to build anything around. You <laughs> well, would you still would just have a shitty team. You could tran you could transition. That would be like the, I, I just you could transition tag him, and then a team would have to give you a one if you didn't match it, and that would only be a thirty million dollar cap hit. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, that's that's. Certainly more likely, or or certainly. When did that rule get added? I think that's always been with the new CBA. Okay. I mean, you can franchise or transition. So, I mean, Andrew, my theory is crazy. Andrew, I don't think franchise tagging him is on the table. I I just think forty-four million or whatever it is makes it prohibitive. Um, Yeah, the tradition, the transitional tag makes a lot more sense, but I, I just don't even think that's under consideration. I don't even think that's like an ace in the hole for. Mickey Loomis, um, you know, I, I still think both sides believe, yeah, we're, we're going to get a deal done. I think that's what they think. Yeah. I think Loomis is, is just kind of posturing, and he's not feeling the pressure to do it now. And he's like, you can either accept my terms or, you know, we'll be back at the negotiating table next offseason. That's fine. <laughs> but I, and I think Breeze is, you know, I mean, I, obviously they're far apart, but – I, I just think at the end of the day, both sides feel like it's going to happen. Yeah. All right. So let's get to the worst Sean Payton uh, draft pick bracket. Uh, we well, are. What is? I'm sorry to interrupt. What is the exact deadline for Breeze to say for for, for that to be tabled? Well, Breeze has come out and said that he he is imposing a deadline that he wants it done before the season starts and if it's not done before the season starts then he, he's not negotiating till after the season right like preseason are we talking or like no, I, I think i think that means week one yeah okay so okay. i i think i think i think it's week one and 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 i still think it's i think it's less than 50 50 it gets done but I could, but I could be wrong. All right. So the Sean Payton worst pick bracket. We've had the audio issue, so you probably missed rounds two and three. But we're down to the elite eight, and boy, Kevin, does this elite eight suck balls. Uh, so let's start it off, Kevin. Number one seed Stanley Jean Baptiste. Number nine seed Sean Canfield. 
man. Uh, I'm going Stanley, Sean, but I'm going uh, the Pirate. Yeah. Uh, he was drafted, what, fourth round? And he was, like, he was drafted. No, second I, round. I remember the ex- second round. Well, wait. So wait, this was the Morstead draft, right? Stanley Jean Baptiste? The- no, he was 2014, man. What? Am, where, where? Who am I thinking of? Oh God. I'm. Um, I'm sorry. I'm. I must be. Ha- I'm mentally exhausted. I must be having a stroke. Okay. <laughs> whatever. Uh, I'm still taking the pirate. Yes. He was drafted with the expectation of being a starter, and or of competing for a starting spot. Yeah, he, was gonna, he, he was going to turn the Saints' defense into the Seattle Seahawks. I mean. Right. He- I would say I Nothing. go I go Stanley Jean Baptiste as well because here's the thing the Saints were so desperate for a corner in 2014 like if imagine if Stanley Jean Baptiste had been good the Saints probably would have won the division and I'm not saying it's all his fault that they went seven and nine but he was they desperately needed him to be good and he wasn't even roster worthy at this point so Stanley Jean Baptiste is my pick Andrew. Yeah, I mean he's number one seed for a reason. So, yeah, <laughs> Dave. And 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 trust me, I don't. I do not like Sean Canfield. Yeah, but Dave, that's the pick. I voted against Sean Canfield every round. I I always thought that he was uh, just a flyer. I never really thought anybody expected him to be anything significant. So that piece is definitely the worst draft pick. This is a this is a tough one. Charles Brown, the four seed. Kyrie Fort, the five seed. Kyrie Fort was a narcoleptic and fell asleep in meetings. Uh, and Charlie Brown <laughs> was terrible and so bad that Sean Payton called him out in a post-game press conference and said he had seen enough. Uh, this one's hard. I, I got to go Fort because just the Saints overall – inability to pick a linebacker drives me insane so i'm extra bitter so i'm going for it andrew who you got yeah i mean i I think on one hand you can say well oh did andrew drop out that's new maybe hit the mute button maybe no that would be hilarious god damn it i hit the mute button (laughs) (laughs) i pulled a kevin and NLSU just Bucknered, by the way. Oh, my. Um, Dude, this one's for you, Val. Yep, yep. So, so who do you got, Andrew? Um, well, what I was saying, what you guys couldn't hear, but what I was saying is, on one hand, um, you, know, you got Charles Brown, who actually started games. Like, you can say at least he played. You know, with yeah. Fort, he, he, you know, he, he was like Al Woods. Like, he was cut before he could even contribute on the field um but for me charles brown almost got drew Brees killed numerous times and i think he's the higher pick he's a higher draft pick he's a second round pick and the offensive line if he turns out to be good is just in much better shape right now so based on that um i'm picking brown oh that's true if charles brown wouldn't have been good they couldn't they wouldn't have had to pick pete all right uh, that's right who hasn't voted yet Dave, hey, I'm voting for I'm voting for uh, Charles Brown because he was definitely a high draft pick with a lot of expectation and just totally blew it. <laughs> uh, Kevin, have you? Yeah, uh, Juge Juge swayed me. I was originally going to vote for uh, for for Fort, but I'm gonna I'm going with Charlie Brown. <laughs> Brown Brown versus Jean-Baptiste is going to be a good one. That is a strong, that is a, that is a strong, strong, shitty, shitty matchup. Uh, that, that's a semifinal. That is, Dave, number two, Al Woods, number 26, Stanley Arno. Oh, man. The Wake Forest. Uh it may may come to an end here. <sighs> the dream of an all Wake Forest final hangs in the balance. Well, no, we already lost it. I think yeah. last week. Yeah, um, we did. Yeah, Chip Bond. Now look, Al, Al, Al Woods was what? Was he a sixth or seventh? Fourth. They traded up to get him. 
Oh, he was. Oh, he was in the fourth though. And Chip Vaughn was what round third, fourth Stanley. No, it, yeah, but Stanley Arnold is the guy we're oh, considering. They all blur Stanley together, Arnold. Andrew. Stanley Arnold. No, he was what the next round after that. We yeah. should have. We should have combined them to one player, Andrew. Look, right. look at that. Uh, right. Look at back at this bracket. That's what we should have done. This should I'm have been go... like we did with Hazlitt linebacker. Yes, <laughs> Chip Arnold. It's a committee failure. I'm going to go with. Al Woods, because I think he's actually turned out to yes. be a decent NFL player on another team. And so the frustration level is maxed out because it proves that the Saints just don't know what the fuck to do <laughs> with some players to get the yep. most out of them. So that's, my, go that's why I'm going Al Woods, Dave. Exactly what you just said. Kevin? Oh, you know what? That's what Maybe that's what it was, is I... I thought for a second, I confused Jean Baptiste. I confused Jean Baptiste with Stanley Arnaud. <laughs> Fair. That's what it was. Um, but oh god, it's tough. I I I I have to go. Uh, god. Ugh. I can't That's decide yet. Ju- I can't decide yet. Jude, go. Okay. Well, on one hand, you know, Arnu, I'll, I'll make the uh, he lost the Super Bowl ring joke again. And that, that's, that's borderline unforgivable. Um, but the thing about Al Woods, I said this last week, and I'm sure no one heard it. But um, <laughs> the thing about Al Woods is not only did the Saints trade up to get him um, and he never played it down for the team, but the thing that kills me is that he basically ruined the Saints drafting LSU players forever. <laughs> and, and Sean Payton and Mickey Loomis won't even do it anymore. They're what do you so think they do? What do you think they do in the, the What do you experience. think they do in the draft room? Like somebody is like, uh, I think we ought to pick uh Alexander. They're like, fucking they're like, Al they're Woods. Like, cough, Shut they're your like, hole. Cough cough Al Woods cough. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm picking Woods. Uh, All right. Um you know what? The good thing I waited. Juge said it. They traded up yeah. to get Al Woods. <laughs> it's always a tiebreaker. That's the that's key for the sw- That swings it. That's the swing state. That's Al Woods. Al Woods. All right. So, Andrew, three seed, Taylor Melhoff. I think Al Woods could win this thing. Number 11, Johnny Patrick. Andrew. Oof. This is the toughest one for me. Yeah. Um. You know, Johnny Patrick, in my opinion, is the same thing as uh, the pirate. I, I put I put low. Johnny Johnny Patrick in the same bin as is Stanley Jean Baptiste. I mean, he was drafted only one one round lower, and he was just as awful. Another just awful corner pick, and he shares an alma mater with Jeff Duncan, which is a major major strike against him. Um, right, but 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 Andrew, that's why you should vote to. Uh, eliminate him because he did us all a favor by sucking. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I'm going to take Melhaf, and the reason the reason why I'm voting for Melhaf is if you spend a draft pick on a kicker, he better be good. I mean, it's just it's so easy to get cheap free agents and undrafted rookies that kind of suck but can make it an occasional kick. That if you're going to spend a draft pick on a kicker. He better be awesome, and he kicked like two games ever for the Saints. He so. didn't even last a month. Yeah, yeah. I gotta go. I gotta. I gotta agree with Andrew. You, you just like a kicker, even though you look at it and you're like, oh, it's a six round pick. What? But when you, when you draft a, a kicker or a punter, they gotta be. They gotta at least play for two or three years, minimum, for it to be. Or if they don't, it's a disaster. And I mean, God, the the Saints kicking it. I mean, at, at what 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 did the Saints have to do, Dave, for the special teams coach to get fired? Like, what has to happen? Because I feel like we there's there's is there any scenario you could see where they would fire the special teams coach? Yeah, when Peyton gets fired. So twenty twenty one. Whatever, whenever you think Peyton gets fired, that's when uh, Greg McMahon's gone. 
So who you who you who you got? Ben Jovit. Who you got, Dave? And apparently Bill Johnson. Yeah. Who you got? Um, I, I'm definitely going for a kicker. They probably didn't even need to draft him. I'm sure he was going to be available <laughs> uh, after the draft. I mean, let's be serious. <sighs> so, Kevin, have you voted? <laughs> That's a great exasperated side, Dave. Kudos. Uh, yeah, Is this a I'll, clean sweep? It, clean sweep. So we got... Hey, hey, how about my seating, by the way? One, strong. two, three, and four in the, in the semis. Strong. The only thing... Yeah, you're, always, you're always complaining about my seating, yeah, Ralph, this was, but this is pretty I, I, damn spot on. This is strong. I'll, I'll, admit, I'll admit this was the best job seating so far. For this was strong. But remember, Andrew, didn't we... You sent it to me and... You had a couple guys missing, and we chatted on the phone a couple times. Like you had Al Woods missing, and I think you had another. Yeah. One, and we chatted on the phone and like straightened it out. But this is that was that was an egregious omission. But that this is strong. But I mean, this is the third one we've done, so I mean, the committee's getting tighter. That's all right. right. So all right, let's let's do some Twitter questions. It's getting late. Uh, all right. Uh, Kevin, this is from Dylan. When the Bills go seven and nine this year, and Rob and Rex get fired, will you be amused? I will, I, I, yeah, I, I will be quite amused. Uh, I, I actually, you know what? I kind of, I can't, be, I can't believe he thinks think he's going, winning seven games. I don't think they're, I, you know what? Part of me thinks they're not going seven and nine. Part of me can almost see him going eight and eight or nine and seven and challenging for a wild card spot. Stop because it. I, listen to me. I can watch the Bills, watch the Bills defense be like top 12, top 10. Stop or, like, it. Scratch the top. Listen. You're going to get that one year. You get the one year. And then, but you know, and then you start seeing photos of Rob Ryan at the, at the Buffalo Greek festival. You see him uh, coming out of his favorite, well, uh, his favorite bar, Buffalo his favorite had... bar in downtown Buffalo, you know, his favorite, his favorite wing place. His favorite wing place. Which he's is going to his wing. favorite sausage. His, going to his Ryan's, favorite sausage his joint. Fa- his favorite wing place is any wing place. <laughs> Um, the Bills had, and made then the, after that, boom, they'll bottom out. The Bills hadn't made the playoffs in '98, so I mean they're due for just like a random ten and six year that makes no sense. Uh, exactly. I mean they have to win the wild card because they're not going to beat the Patriots. Dylan, well, yeah, and they'll get trucked in the first round. Andrew, who would you rather have a career year, Mark Ingram or C.J. Spiller? That's a good question. <sighs> Oof. Um. I mean, C.J. Spiller's best year was ridiculous. I mean, his yeah. career year so far is what he had like twelve hundred yards rushing and, and like and like five fifty receiving. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I mean, he, his best year was way better than Ingram's. So yeah, I would pick Spiller just because of the sheer numbers. This is a good. This is an interesting question. Another one from Dylan. If I told you the Saints D would be ranked twelfth against the run. But 29th against the pass in 2016. Would you take it, Dave? Wait, wait, say that again. What they, were the numbers? They would be ranked 12th against the run, but 29th against the pass. Would you take nah, it? No. Now, if you switch those and we're 12th against the pass and 29th against the run, then I would take that. See, but I, if they're going to be 29th against the pass, that's. I would. I mean, that's just that's like the same shit we've been seeing. No, just, I. I I would take Ugh. it. I would take it, and here's Ugh. and here's why. I would take it, and here's why. There's a much greater chance that if you're 29th against the pass, those passing yards are empty calories, like in 2009. The Saints gave up a shit ton of passing yards, but whatever, because they were up three touchdowns in the fourth quarter. It didn't matter. If you're 29th against a run, I think it's worse. Am I, and Andrew? Is that a crazy theory of mine? No, I agree. All right. Uh, let's see what else we have here. Uh, are the, Andrew, are the Saints looking to get weird with tight ends this year? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, their their third tight end is, is making, what, $2 million a year? Their, their <laughs> third guy? So, so, I mean, you don't pay that. I mean, they have shelled out so much money to tight ends this offseason. Jumbo package. Between <laughs> between jumbo. matching the Bears' offer for Hill, uh, keeping Who Man, and the ridiculous contract they gave Kobe Fleener, um, 
I mean, I, there's no way you spend that much on tight ends unless you're looking to get weird. <laughs> Alfredo asked, can you have a podcast via Ravens? That'd be the way to work through the audio kinks. Yes, it would be. Remember when we jo- remember when we joked about uh, Rob Ryan having a safety fetish? <laughs> well, I, I feel like uh, Sean Payton's developing a tight end. Fetish. I think he is too because I think they went they went heavy tight ends last year, Andrew, and it kind of saved their offense. It made them kind of go like they started yeah. it when they were one and four. Um, if the Cowboys, let me see. This. Oh, oh, would you do Dave? Would you do a John Jenkins for Leary swap? That's a good question. Um, no, I only say that because I don't think that they that we would have to. I think that we can probably get him for just a draft pick. And I, you know, Jenkins is serviceable. He's <laughs> serviceable. Well, I mean, he's, he's good to have for depth. You know, he's you don't a, want him to be your. He's like a. Fro- you don't want him to be your best defensive tackle but you know he's like a, be bad if he was like your fourth like, or fifth he's like a frozen pizza when it's raining and you don't want to go get food <laughs> oh let me but see. who did the saints start a defensive tackle if he's gone Fairly. i mean you got you got fairly rankins and and then what nothing canada guy right. and 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 fairly and rankins are basically the same position you can't play richardson at tackle not on rundowns right no 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 definitely not on first down uh, and that'll that'll be they need a fat guy they need a f- and jenkins he he definitely fits he the qualifies for the fat guy all right, that ends the questions uh, for today. Thanks, everybody, for the questions. And and we want to definitely thank people. Even though last week uh, the podcast was a bit of a train wreck, it was because of the donations and we had SoundForge and we have the audio programs that we were able to purchase because of the donations that we got a podcast at all. So we want to thank you for that. Keep donating. We need to keep the lights on. We could even do better. Uh and have a backup to the backup to the backup to the backup. We could have uh, my wife holding out a, a, a 1970s speaker. My wife. My wife. Speaker my phone. wife. My wife. Got it in uh, just at the end. Just at the end. But uh, so you can go to Saints Nation. Andrew's got all kinds of cool stuff of the top most valuable saints. He's got uh, some other cool stuff up there. Uh, go to Canal Street Chronicle. Dave's got roster stuff, predictions. He's got articles that he actually wrote. Like he said, he wrote a post about should the Saints trade for guard, which Dave, he's so busy running his empire that he hadn't had time to write as much anymore, but he did, so go there and read that. Uh, and Kevin is on the Twitter. Kevin is on the Twitters um, doing stuff. As Sean Orleans, at Sean Orleans, I had to take away Hakeem drops the ball. No. Yeah, you got rid of that. <laughs> yeah, Why? no, no, no. I like I changed I I changed it. Oh uh, no! Yeah. And also, too, people ask. I feel like a piece of me has died. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and all these people on Twitter, all... Juge, give Juge an Academy Award. He sounded legitimately crestfallen by that. <laughs> that is great. That is great. <sighs> got me feeling emotional over here. Oh man! I gotta pour one out for at Hakeem drops ball. Hakeem drops the ball. It was a great blog that has like eight posts. It was like it was <laughs> oh, like no 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 motherfucker! I made po- I made a lot of posts, and then at some point it was just like ah fuck it. <laughs> it was it Time was to go to OK Tinder. It was pretty much. It, it was like <laughs> it was like, like the Titanic. It never got going. Uh. So do that all that. A terrible metaphor. <laughs> it was so. Metaphors, no way. No, and all the people no, on all, all, all the people on Twitter asking me about. Uh, you seem to be uh, blocking more people. I'm like, yes. Consult my profile. The Twitter blocking policy has changed. I can't believe you blocked the. Angry Hudak, good I for you. I blocked a lot of people, man. I just you sound a lot happier. I got to be I, honest. I, I, here's a here's the thing, man. I just like 
you can you can yell at me. You can make fun of our audio. You can make fun of me being crippled. You can make fun of my saint. You can make fun of whatever you want. But don't troll me about how I'm having the same Saints conversations over and over again. Dude, it's the offseason. I go on Twitter. I want to talk Saints. If I want to talk Drew Brees' contract for the 9,000th time, I'm going to do it. Either join the conversation or just leave me alone. If you troll me, you're getting blocked. You know? I got I got the hammer down. I got, I got a six-month-old... When I'm feeding him or doing whatever I'm doing to him in the middle of the night and I'm on the Twitters, I just want to talk Saints. Yeah, I got to say, young kids makes your tolerance for bullshit go way down. Because <laughs> you have to have so much patience with them. Patience with them. Yeah. You can't have patience anywhere else. And you, you let nothing no. out. Right, like you're clean, right, I mean, you're cleaning up actual human shit. Why do you need to deal with bullshit? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, um... All right, so thanks to everybody for joining us. Uh, Until next week, the bar is closed.